And in our hearts right now, present tense, so happy for that. And last evening we had a marvelous healing service. Our Lord Jesus met with us and gave us an exceedingly abundant. Now tomorrow's another evening service, Mark, night at the Lord willing. Now, tomorrow morning, I think the broadcast is what time going Nine o'clock over KTBS. And uh, I'll uh, speak a few minutes over there. And one thing, by I promise that to do it. And then uh, tomorrow at 10.30, Brother Moore said, I believe, at 10.30 is the drama of the smallest ship in the world. And I'll come out in the morning if you can listen see what the smallest ship is. Especially just as dedicated to the children. Children from 8 to 80, I said the other night. And we um, are expecting the Lord to meet with us there. Then tomorrow night, or tomorrow evening, again here at 7.30, the prayer cards will be given out at 6.30, and there will be prayer for the sick tomorrow night. The Lord's willing. And now, these expecting and coming all prepared, prayed up, and now tonight is a bad night, Saturday night. This is the devil's night, you know. The one when the devil gets on the highways and all the booze joints and all the liquor running crowds, all the low-down, low-down, boogie-boogies and rock and rolls and all that rolling and rocking tonight. Hundreds will die. I see the other day we're in a certain place that they had a big jamboree, one of these jamborees they had here, they took it up to Canada, and I forget how many children they had to send to the insane institution after going through that boogie-woogie, rock and roll affair they brought from America to Canada. They fought it out of many countries, many states in the Union, and yet we Americans plunged headlong into it. The other day, seeing we're a young man, that's one of the heads of this rock and roll and going through all these maneuvers, he said he learned it in the Pentecostal church. And to think that that would be perverted, no wonder the boy's got a perverted mind, going crazy, well certainly God will punish him and he will do it. Certainly for such as that. That's sacrilege for religion. And it's, it's absolutely blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And it's uh, terrible to see how the people can kind of belittle the work of the living God as you sow it. So shall you read Remember that. I think in Canada, I forget just how many it was. At the first one of these outfits they had up there, how many children, how many young people had lost their mind over that one meeting? And the infant is using that. Without hope, without God, without any mercy, laying there in that condition, screaming and crying and walking up and down, butting their heads against the wall, that kind of nonsense, and we make it legal. Drink, gamble, a lot of places that allow the kids to smoke in the church at uh, the school just before semester and so forth. Isn't that terrible? They're quite in their nerves. So I have a prayer meeting. That's the best thing I know to quiet in their But, you know, hungry people have got to fill that longing with something. If they won't drink from the fountain of the waters of life, the devil will give them a stagnated system with wiggle bales in them. Right? So they'll drink from somewhere. You'll spend that loyalty and worship either on the devil or on God. Never was a person, never went to one of those places or done any of those things, except it was a hungry-hearted person that refused to drink from the fountain of the waters of life freedom. I, I tell you, I feel sorry for them because of the layout and pollution of our modern churches. That's one of the things that I led to, the social gospel that people preach, why in our own city of Jeffersonville, a certain pastor every Saturday night has a square dance in the bottom of the church. Right. Teaches square dancing of a very famous denominational church. A square dance. That was the same pastor that asked me that time coming down the telephone pole how I got so many people out of the tabernacle that he signed, made a sign a card, a thousand members, that they would attend Sunday school at least one time out of the year, or one or six months out of every year, quite well. He said, you know how many answers? He two. I said, no wonder. I don't blame them. I don't either. The fact that as long as you're having shindigs and things in the church, well, that's a sin. That's right. So long in the house of God. When you get to a place I have to have something like that to get a people listen to me, I'll sure go off the field of the gospel, preaching the gospel. I don't blame sinners. 
When you see sinners going out there, just the old rank, low-down sinners, well, I don't blame them. That's all they know. But these people who go to church and call themselves Christians and then do that. I don't blame a pig from rooting in a manure pile, certainly not. That's his nature. Certainly. I would think it's strange to see a pig in a manure pile, certainly not. That's, that's his nature. That's what he does. That's his living. He don't know any different. But I sure feel funny about seeing a lamb doing that. Claiming that he wouldn't do it. And that's the way the sinner let him go ahead. That's all he knows. Drink all the booze he wants to and go all the low down and hold down and listen to all that nonsense. That's all he knows. But you people who are supposed to know better. That's right. I'm persuaded if you ever heard of that, you never really drink from the fountain of the Lord. Amen. I tell you, that just, that just cuts all that other stuff. It's as dead as midnight. That's right. There's no joy to it. It's saying you've got to, you can't even stand it. I go into a restaurant sometimes. First thing I do, I look to the kids, you got one of the little old uh, penny or uh, nickel uh, juice boxes on the wall. That makes me so nervous. I can't, I, I, I have a solid stomach after I come out. Just to hear all that nonsense. And see Christians playing it. Both of these Christians. Wow. Right about as good you know it. Well, that ain't my subject tonight. <laughs> but I tell you, it's too bad that we don't have a little more continuing with that stuff from the platform. That's right. That's Certainly right. it is. Right. Well, I'm pastor in church, so it was a Baptist church, but not the kind you have and shake hands and put your name on the book. Brother, we can have to go and beat one another back till we come through. We had something. Yes, sir. And one of those people who talk more of those kind of places, they put right on the carpet. They were told to either repent or excommunicate it right there. We didn't work. Yes. Yoke herself up with unbelievers. They either walked the straight and narrow line, or had a blackboard sitting there. If anybody had ingredients to see one of it, they put over their knees on the backboard. I got them both in the prayer room. Somebody done like Jones up at the top. Next was uh, Scott at the bottom. All right, Brother Jones, you're better Scott. Come in here with me. That's right. Yeah, straight out. Right then, it hasn't been made right. Church rolled on. <laughs> That's what we need tonight. It's a good old-fashioned, backwoods, sin-killing, sky-blue religion, preached under the power of the Holy Ghost. That's right. Yes, sir. And a washing white of saints. Not a white washing, but a washing white. The whole idea is a white wash and washing white. Amen. Now remember, the service of now, may the Lord bless us as we open his word to read just a few uh, scriptures here and then speak to you on the word. And everybody be solemnly and in prayer, believing with all your heart. And I'm wondering tonight, some of us tell me about a little baby, the last one was prayed for last night. The little fellow got started crying like this. Is that baby here tonight? Well, that's to be the saloon. Fellow was here. I'd like him to climb up to the platform here. Just a moment, if he is. Um, I guess they might have been from out. I don't know. That keeps me. It's in a semi-conscious condition. And my son was telling me going out. Said, "Daddy, there's a marvelous thing." He said, "A little boy coming the line down there. Look, I mean, he said a cross-eyed and had a, a rupture or something other. And said, when you pick the child up, I see you put your hands over that place, and it went away." He said, and when the child opened his eyes, and when you had your hand laying on said, I noticed his eyes as the perfect straight as they could be, and said, you tried to get him to look to the audience, and I just wondered if he was here tonight, maybe he'd be back, and we are thanking the Lord for his healing. Now, the Lord can heal all kinds of diseases if we can believe him to do it. Okay. Now, I've seen him do so many things, I just want to believe that everything we ask for, we get. That's right, we got to believe it that way. And now we trust that the Lord will bless now, this blessed old book is the book of all books. And there's only one can it rightly interpret this book, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's right. He's the writer of it. Yeah. And it's the only one that can really interpret it. No matter how well we think we know it, we don't know it until the Holy Spirit has revealed it because it's, it's all a mystery. It's all cut up in mysteries. And God said he did it perfectly so he could hide it from the smart and wise. But he would reveal it to babes such as we learn. Now, we want to be babes in the Lord tonight. Just see how simple you can be. And tomorrow night, I think I have the Lord willing, I have a message on that, on the simplicity of it. So now, let us die in just one more moment to speak. 
How many has a need tonight? Would you raise your hands? I want you to remember in this uh, thing. I want you to remember me before the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I beloved a child, we come as humbly as we know how, and ask you for forgiveness of our sins and trespasses, whatever we have did or said to this day or any other time in our life that's against us tonight, we humbly bow and confess. And I pray for this audience of people as they raise their hands. Many of them, Father, are maybe desperately in need of forgiveness. Some besetting sin, some habit, some sickness, some disease or affliction, some loved one that's in trouble. Whatever it is, Father, I pray that you forgive and forget all their iniquity and heal all their diseases and pour out thy blessings upon us tonight through the reading of the word and the preaching of the word. For we ask it in Christ's name, thy beloved Son. Amen. In the second Kings, and the third, third chapter of second Kings, and the sixteenth verse, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valuable addition. Now may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. This was in the book of Second Kings, the third chapter, and maybe when you would go home, how many read the Bible? Let's see your hand. Oh, it's wonderful. Read it. Tell you. And you, especially you, born again Christians, that's the, the bread and the meat for the Holy Spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word right. that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What if I was a doctor tonight and a young fellow come to me at a great rain morning and yet he looked so weak and run down. I said, what's the matter, son? He said, I'm just a weak doctor. I can't hardly stand up. I asked him a few physical things. All right, they're all right. I said, well, I bet you we got on the doctor. I said, well, when did you eat last? Well, I either had a cracker day before yesterday. Well, I say, the only thing you need is a good square meal. You become anemia. You become run down, weak. And that's what's the matter with the church. You've got to have a good square gospel meal that I ever ate. Right. If you don't, you're going to be anemia. You're going to get run down. Taking a lot of God's vitamins out of his word and certainly does bring up the spirit and make you feel refreshed and renewed. Amen. Now, there's just been a great event taking place, and there's been a house cleaning time in Israel, but the bad part of it was by the vote of the people and the run of the, of the way they voted in, they just got made as bad as what they would today if one pastor would leave the church and the deacon board would vote in another. Sometimes it's taken out a good one, put in a bad one. But when God sends one along, he's the right man. Yeah. Always you should pray and seek God's favor, you who are have us to select your pastor. But now it was in the days of Elijah. Elijah, the mighty prophet of the Lord. Oh God, what would we do if we didn't have the man of God in the world that would stand in a breach and and try to intercede for the people, and with enough nerve to tell the people, or not enough nerve, but enough grace to tell the people what's right and wrong. All of that is a matter of troubles today. It's because man, in one sense, I'm not condemning my brethren, certainly not. I'm, I'm only trying to present a truth. The only reason today that the conditions are if every pastor would have stood firm on the word and not let out a compromise, it wouldn't be like it is today. But a compromising, self-sufficient organization and so forth has always tried to take the place of the Holy Spirit and God never did have any time a group of men to run a church. It's always been the Holy Spirit. That's his duty. That's, right. That's what he's here for. Yeah. That's what God's paying for. He will teach you. 
He will guide you into all truth and will show you things to come and reveal these things. Take these things to mind and reveal them to you. Not the seminary, as good as they are. Not the church, as good as it is. But the Holy Spirit. That's the teacher. And we try to adopt man to take the Holy Spirit's place. We try to adopt certain different offices in the church to take the offices of the apostle, prophet, and so forth in the church. That God set the gifts in the church, and we took man and made him gifts instead of God's gifts. And that's what we're in today. Now, Elijah was a great man, and his time had come for him to leave the earth. And he walked before the Lord, and the Lord had told him, Go and anoint another man. I love that. Don't you love that? God has never been without a witness. God's always had a witness since the world began. Sometimes it's come down to one man. But God's always had someone he can lay his finger on and say, This is my servant. All Now, and when he seen he was going to take Elijah, Elijah, the Sidbite, went and found Elisha plowing in the field and took off his robe and threw it on him, and he knew he was called to be the prophet. That to show how a prophet should. He burnt every bridge, as we call it. He killed the ox, took the yokes, the plow, and made a sacrifice to the Lord, showing that all of his earthly doings were over. He was completely sold out to the Lord. That's the kind of way every man and woman that comes to Christ ought to completely sell out the sin and everything behind him. Cross the temple in line and look only to God from then on. What a difference it would be if men and women would do that. Then, to get in his test, do you believe in the testings and trials of the Lord? Every son, without an exception, every son that cometh to God but first be tested, tried, child trained. You remember how you got your training? I remember how I got mine. My daddy had a, he believed in the golden rule. And he had it. And it laid up over the door and had all the Ten Commandments on it. A big long hickory stick about this long with a brush on the end of it. I'm telling you, when I knew the done wrong, they know what the golden rule was. Pop got it for the hand and take the stick. Come here, son. And he would say, Now, tomorrow I'm really going to tend to you. Why don't you do it now, Papa? Get over with it. No, I'll just wait till tomorrow. As we get to eat the dinner, he'd say, Come here, Billy. Yes, sir, Dad. Stay on him. Get his knife out, go to win Now, you knew better than that, didn't you? <laughs> oh, always did you sweat me get old. You say, but you knew better than that, didn't you? Yes, Dad, it is. Ain't you ashamed yourself to do like Yes, I'm lying. I've got the wood you bought. You tell me all about it. I go all out of the field, get my little straw hat and put it on, go out of the field, scared to death. That night, I think this is not going to get it. But brother, no order. He never forgot it. I got it. And that was a good schooling. If we had some more that would do like that today, we wouldn't have so much juvenile delinquency. You talk about teaching the child of land and how it turned out long ago. It's a visit of a person that was sick and in come a little junior, little Oswald. And he walked in, he said, Man, he goes, I'm not doing this. He said, Sonny, I've been so sick that this is Brother Brandon. So, uh, why don't you got some dinner ready for me? She said, I've been real sick. That's no excuse. She said, there's an orange. He took it, looked at it, and said, that's all he's going to do. Blankety, blank, and threw it against the wall. And the juice went over the place. He said, Junior, behave yourself. And he kicked over something and walked out. I looked down to mother. <laughs> I thought, lady, you just give me the privilege for a few minutes. <laughs> I'll make him think different when that's the next time he's coming to the house. <laughs> oh, how we are wet out. You're trying to be, you're too good to kids nowadays. Right, you baby. You can't go beyond the Bible. The Bible said if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. That's right. That's right. Pop used to take the old gun stick. I don't know where you know what it is or not, but you slope the muzzle over with. It's the ramrod. Right. Brother, I got an education with that thing. <laughs> he didn't let me walk around. I uh, was in the grave tonight. Well, I looked up on him when he was laying there, a black lock laying around, little grave. 
they got your own, his son, and her son. Now, you couldn't expect very much to come out of a marriage like that. So then we find out that when Jerome had ascended to the throne, he was a borderline believer, just a halfway lukewarm believer. So many of them in the world tonight. Jerome would just set his sails any way the wind was blowing. That's the way Jerome would go. That's what's the matter with the church tonight. They set their sails to every form of doctrine. Talk to God and kill the folks. Not knowing where to stand or what to do. When the little trials come up, the little frictions away, they go this way. They're Methodist today, a Baptist tomorrow, Pentecostal the next day, Lutheran the next day, Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witness, they don't know where to stand. Talk to God.
and she'll pray for me. But they couldn't get the girl. She'd already died. And when Mr. Perkins told me, he said, Billy, when I was pumping the fluid into that girl, we, we noticed that it, I began to smell it, but she's taking too much fluid for her body. And so I said, I'll just put out the fluid in the room. I won't play any fluid, but I'll go down there. I'll go to the dance with Susie because she's a good girl, and maybe I'll go with her to the bar. You'll never do it doing that. Yeah. Right. Show your colors. Yeah. Right. Don't get on the wrong ground. That's what's the matter with the Pentecostal church tonight. It got on the wrong ground. That's the reason it's church tonight. The people, it used to be wrong for the people to do certain things. Now it's not wrong to do it anyhow. You got on the wrong ground. You got with the wrong crowd. Show me your company. I'll tell you who you are. Let me walk into your house. Let me see what's laying open on the table. Let me see how that Bible's marked up. Let me see what's those true stories. Let me listen to what kind of music you're bringing on your radio. Let me see what kind of pictures you got in your house. I'll tell you what you're made out of. Yes, sir. That's what your souls are feeding on. Regardless of what your testimony is, your fruit prove what you are. Right. Oh, it's the truth. Your soul feeds on something. And whatever the characteristic of your soul is, that's what it'll show forth. That's the reason Jesus said, by the fruit, you shall know them. You talk a lot of advantage of saying, I spoke in tongues. I got the Holy Ghost. If your life didn't type up with it, you didn't do it. You either got the devil or the flesh. I'm talking to the Pentecostal people. Now, you Baptists ought to shout a little in your Presbyterian. Sure. That's right. Now. I don't care what kind of sign. You might have cried tears like a crocodile. And you might have moaned at the bench. That don't mean you're saved. Your life proves what you are. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If you ever hear a goat bleat, a goat and a sheep's almost the same thing. Now, I've heard goats crying when it act like sheep. It takes a real shepherd to know the difference. Do you hear a goat squealing? It sounds just as bad like a sheep. But a shepherd knows the life. Right. Now, but something happened. And we find out that this Jehoshaphat, all oh, there was spelled emotion before praying over. Before you cut your hair, sister, did you get out and pray over it? See what the Lord said about it? That's right. Amen. Before you wore those little simple ungodly looking clothes that you wear, did you get out and pray for oh Lord and ask the Lord how to do about that? And he didn't condemn you? I'm praying you didn't you had your mind already made up what you're going to do before you prayed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you willing to let as I said tonight, God shear all the things off of you? Take all your your life. You say, This is my life, I'm American. I do what I want to that right, but are you willing to part for them? To the kingdom of God. If you're a lamb, you are. If you're a goat, you won't. So there you are. Well, now, you might bleed and cry, you might act like it, you might eat the same bread that the goat and the sheep does. And way over in the orange, you're not long ago, I seen a shepherd, and he was herding sheep, goats, donkeys, and cattle, all on the same bread. And I said, What does a shepherd mean? He said, A shepherd is a grazer. Said like you'd call in America your cowboy. And I said, well then why is it that he's hurting the goats and everything? He said, that's right. Oh, I said, I see. He said, but Brother Brown, when nighttime comes, the, everything is left on the pasture except the sheep and the sheep stuck to the fold. And he lays down at the door to see that nothing bothers him. I said, I see. You can set the same church Shop for the same gospel, but if your nature isn't different, you'll never be recognized at the setting of the sun. That's right. That's to be in your heart, not in your head. You say, I'd like to do that, but I better not do it because the church wouldn't like it. I don't think it is what the church says, it's what God says, what your conscience says, what the Holy Spirit says in you. Right. He said, You love the world or things of the world, love of God's not even in you. So don't be a borderline. Come out and be one side or the other. Let your colors shine. Now, I want you to notice, Jehoshaphat got messing around, and he got with that crowd, and they said, will you go up with us? Will you come over and join our church? He said, well, I guess I might as well go into the association. 
I imagine it's all right. I'll be a little independent fellow up here. Maybe if I join the association, I'd be better off. <laughs> I'll have a fellowship then of Israel down here and all, all these other fellows up in here. Maybe if I could just join the association. Sometimes you're making mistakes by doing that. See, I ain't got nothing against the association. But just stay the way you are, with God. Now, the first thing you know, he goes up there, and after a while, uh, he said, Well, you go up into the battle? He said, Sure. We're all Christians, anyhow. We're all believers, anyhow. But the, he wants to be a mixer. And that's what the world is looking for today is a mixer. But God wants separators. You know, just some time ago I heard of a church up in the northern part of Indiana was making a choice for a pastor. And the whole bunch of them, almost 100% unanimously voted on a guy because of his look. <coughs> Great, big, fine-looking young man. And I asked an old grandma lady, I said, how did you vote in that case? I see him give the brother a Bible that day when he brought him into the church and give him the privileges of being their pastor. I said, I oh, she said he was such a handsome-looking fellow. I said, but that's not all of it, sister. The thing of it is, what does he preach? What does he feed with? Does he feed with some kind of little reparation program? Does he talk about roses and flowers or who's going to be the next president? Or some baseball game or some fish fry or party? Or does he preach the word of God and stand on firmly? Yes, sir. Now, one young lady, I said, well, what about you? And she said, he her excuse for it. But look, that's the way people vote. They vote by their sight. One time there had to be a selection made who would take Saul's place down in Israel. And so Saul was the head and shoulders of all his army. So even the prophet got the heart of oil and went up to Jesse's house to anoint one of his sons to be king. The Lord told him to. But he said, don't you anoint, but who I call for. And then they run out the great, big, oldest one there, great, big, seven-footer. But now when he looked good standing in the pulpit, with his clothes just fitting just right and all about it, that's what America wants to do. Pentecost, here it is, get ready. Pentecost is full of Hollywood evangelism. Why, in Louisville, Kentucky, a bunch of people coming down that long ago, and I went over there to the revival center, so I'll get the soul all fed up. And I got over there, and a woman on the platform with great big earrings hanging down, and with the clothes on, looked like she'd been poured into them, and running up and down the aisle and had a new year, who'll get the next 50. And I never heard such a, their music sound like some kind of, Rock and roll, boogie woogie. That's got its place, but not on the platform. Amen. I just almost, I thought that Billy might fall in while now. To see people how far away. Don't think because you're Pentecostal that God's going to take you in on that name. He won't do it. You've got to have the article, brother. Right. Notice. Here you are. Joining himself up, associating with unbelievers. So they fixed him a compass for seven days. They got out into the desert, on out to fight the kings of Moab. And when they got out there, they found out that they were out of water. Their water supply was cut off. And things go wrong when the water is cut off. Do you know that? Now, in the, the public utility, if you don't pay the bill, they'll cut the water off. You go off around the house. And that's what's the matter with God's people tonight. They just didn't pay the price and God cut the water off. That's, right. that's all. That's right. You know, out in the desert, go to any desert you want to. That's the reason some of you full gospel church members and so forth don't believe in divine healing. Your water's been cut off. Right. right. Out in the desert. You say, full gospel, the dirtiest I ever was treated was by a Pentecostal pastor against divine healing. I asked him if I could rent some seats for him. I had a big meeting in the city, and because a certain church was popular, he said, anybody that believes in divine healing, I wouldn't even have to tell on my seat. That was Pentecostal. Sure. Right. 
within a gunshot distance of where you're sitting tonight. That's right. We're still a little farther than that, I suppose. We've got about 200 miles. But look, that would be the big cannon guns are shooting today. But notice, that's what he said. And he wouldn't let me have them. And the people had to stand, but we had to meet him just the same. But I noticed, that's the reason. Out in the desert, everything you come in contact in the desert's got sticker on it. Yeah. I don't care if it's a little old meat or whatever it is, don't fool with it because it's got a sticker on it. You know what does that? It's because it ain't had no water. Where there's no water, it gets sticker. Where there's water, that same plant will soften up and make leaves. Yeah. And that's what's the matter with the church. It's just so much fussing. I'm the one this, I'm the assembly, I'm this, I'm this other, I belong the church of God, we got the group. That's the budget group, so that this is that and the other. Oh, we don't believe in that. We believe in dancing this way. We believe in this to do this, liberation of women, all the way out this. Oh, my! What's the matter? Your water supply is cut off. Right. The truth. So they found out they was without water. And when you're without water, you're without life. So then they said, what can we do about it? We'll start a prayer meeting. It's a bad time to start a dance. man come up of the king of Israel and said, said, why, well, you know what? We got a man who lives right down here by the name of Elisha. He poured water on Elijah's hand. In other words, his association was pretty good. He really had some dealings with the real prophet. Birds of a feather flock together. And that's right. How can you expect anybody to believe you when you're running around and acting the way you do and then come in and call yourself Christian? No wonder they don't call for you to come pray for them and so forth. Drowning. Now, birds of a feather flock together. And he said, well, but this man poured water on Elijah the teeth by it. They poured water on his hands. He had some dealings with him. And for Jehoshaphat being a spiritual man, the first thing he thought of was to visit the prophet. And when a real child of God ever gets in trouble, the first thing he goes to is God. Yeah. Right straight back to God. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to him quickly. So they went out there and drove up in front. Elijah was in there reading the scriptures, perhaps. And when they all drove up in front of the king, well, here they come in and he said, What shall we do? And Elijah got his right to seeking nation all stirred up. Oh, he could boil over once in a while. He looked at old Jerome standing there. He said, why don't you get to the prophet of your dad and your mother? What'd you come to me? Wow. Wasn't very peaceful, was it? Why don't you go back to your pagan gods? Why'd you come down to me? A prophet, a servant of the Lord, a mighty man, double portion of the spirit on you. Why don't you go to your mother's God and your father's God? And listen to what he said. If it wasn't, that I respected the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. You talk about being stirred up. And I believe that's the same thing tonight. I believe this America will be blown to pieces. I believe the thing has done been sunk and gone. If God didn't respect the real genuine Christians in America, that's praying to hold it together. Amen. I believe it had been gone long ago. I believe the Jacks would have took it, or some other nation, if God hadn't respected the honest, sincere prayers of born-again children of God. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That if I didn't respect the presence of that righteous man, I wouldn't even look at him. So he got himself all stirred up. So, you know, when you get all stirred up and riled up like that, it's not a good time to do any service for the Lord. So you know what he said? said, nevertheless, go get me a minstrel. Start praying, please. Now, to you people who don't believe in music in the church, what about that? <laughs> yeah. Said, so go get me a minstrel. I'm all riled up today. My life in 60 days is boiled over. That guy come up here, that borderline preacher, and stand out there leading them children wrong down there and doing that. Oh, how I can take a hold of him. So i got to see a vision now. So bring me a minstrel. And then when we got... All the music, and they got to play in the music, some real good hymn, and the first thing you know when the songs return to Zion, when the music and the children begin to sing from their hearts, something takes place. 
the Spirit of the Lord fell on the prophet. And that's a real old-fashioned godly sin. And repenting will bring the Spirit of God on the prophet. Then he'll do the same thing today. And notice, he wanted to see the way out. And the only way out they could do would be have a revival. So he had some repentant sinners to come in and the music played and the prophet saw vision. And the only way you're ever going to see your way out is an old-fashioned spiritual revival where the hallelujahs of God is ringing from the bottom of their heart and an old-fashioned Holy Ghost sense revival takes the place. Then you begin to see things. Then God will begin to reveal things. Then you're wondering why these real Christians are hanging on while they're praying for you. What a revival. And he got in the spirit. Now the reason that these people have dances is they can have a dance unless you get the spirit of dancing. You can't have a ball game unless you get in the spirit of a ball game. You've got to get in the spirit of it. And we can never have a revival in Shreveport or anywhere else until the church gets in the spirit of revival. God can come and perform miracles. He can show wonders. He can stretch forth his hand to heal the sick and afflicted. The preacher can preach the gospel as hard as he can, but there will never be a revival until the church gets in the spirit of revival. America's gone to sleep. Thousands times thousands of great miracles and signs and wonders and evangelists parts of turning. Man tonight, he's got to make decisions. Some of them are standing on the borderline. Many of them, great men, are turning to God and receiving the Holy Ghost. One of the foremost men of America in the evangelical realm come the other day to Indianapolis where I was to, and has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. Oh, my. Nations are breaking. Israel's awakening. The signs that the Bible foretold. We're at the end time. That's right. My God. And there's life. Right. If you want to walk in it. Yes. And notice that this man telling how happy he was and how he'd been liberated and said, Brother Brown, I come upon the recommendation of other great men. He told me who they was. Marjorie Ed and other, other ones. How that they had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and revolutionized their lives. And now they're out preaching. Another outstanding man. He tries to come to a showdown pretty soon or what he's going to do about it. But he made the remark and said, I don't care what the politics of the church says. I want God. Amen. Did it cost you? You better be putting in your, buckling up your shield and your armor. If you don't watch out, the Baptists and Presbyterians are going to pass you on by. God's able to need stones to rise, children of Abraham. Don't think because you belong to the assembly of the Church of God or the UBC that you just got her made. You ain't got her made at all. Right? God's the one that's made the way. You don't walk in it. Watch at the sign. The Pentecostal just. They first they were out, they said, oh, isn't that wonderful, mama, old mother, we just can't have this sin around here anymore, we got to pray through, everybody else praying through, and the first thing you know, they watched it for a while, and they said, oh, well, I guess it's all right, and God performed something, and said, mm, yeah, we have a revival. <laughs> then here comes the Baptist, the Presbyterian, the Nazarene, the Pilgrim, and then come on, seeing the Baptist, the Holy Ghost, and step in and grab it like that as fast as he can. Sure. God's able to stone Mr. Rice, children of Abraham. If you won't walk in it, God will turn it over and give it to somebody else. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Great things are in the making right now. Amen. Now, he said, now I saw vision. I see the way out. I know what to do. And I'll tell you, brother, today the church hasn't got the vision or they have more prayer and to be more spiritual than what they are. Unless there is a vision, unless someone can see the vision, see the coming of the Lord, seeing the things that we're going through, and see all these things that God predicted that would be in the last days, and here we are living. 
Instead of reading the Bible, we read love stories. Instead of reading that, we read everything else. We ought to be reading God's Bible on our knees, constantly praying for God to help us. Awakening our soul or crying out to the Lord. But we don't. Now, notice. And then when he said he still had a way out. Now he said the first thing I want you to do is go out here and make this valley full of ditches. Dig just as hard as you can dig. For thus saith the Lord. You'll not see any wind or there'll be any rain, but this valley will be full of water. More ditches and more water. What did he see? He saw a vision of that spiritual rock that Moses had already smitten and been speaking to. He had just spoke to that rock and it was ready to pour forth the water when ditches were made for it to run in. And I say that same smitten rock tonight is here. And it'll pour forth a whole fashioned Holy Ghost revival that will tear three poor apart if you people are going to dig it. Moving all the difficult out. If you dig up against one thing, the beer cans and the icebox, throw it out and make way for the Holy Ghost. Every time you hit against the snag, throw the thing out. The deeper you dig, the more water you get. But what you have to have is to make a way for it. No matter how much preaching there is, how many visions there are, the subject was saying that the main principle was make ready for the water. Get the ditches done. That's what we got to do tonight is to make way for the Holy Ghost to pour out. Make it in your house. Make it in your church. Make it in yourself. Take everything out of the way. Get ready. There's coming a glacier. If you make ready for it. If you don't make ready for it, you'll never see it. That's right. up to the church tonight. Got a nice pit here. Got nice new churches, seats. Got nice people. Got nice singing. We got a wonderful Savior. Right. But get every lay aside everything, every sin that's the east of this Texas. Brother Brian, I don't do nothing. Maybe that's what's the matter. <laughs> that's the trouble of it. It's more sin not to do it is to do what you know better. Right, he didn't know what to do good and do it or not, but he didn't tend. You've got to make ready. Doing nothing is the worst thing you can do. Do nothing about it. You southerners remember your history? Went up here when Grant was setting us across the river, and he had a boy out there on guard duty, and the rebels was across the river, and this boy walking along there, kind of dazed around with the dreams of his sweetheart. He left his post of duty and went out to pick some violets to send to his sweetheart. He didn't mean to do wrong. He went to them. At that time, there was a spy ready from the Southern Army, and they slipped in. And he looked around, and he found out that the Southern Army was two or three times the size of General Grant. What would happen? The boy come back on the post of duty, not knowing what had happened, but the spy had already been there. And what happened? They stormed across the river and drove him plumb back up into the state. And that boy was shot an hour later. Not because he, if they didn't have no objection to him thinking about it, they didn't have, it wasn't what he'd done, it was the things he didn't do. He didn't stand to his post of duty. He didn't guard the post like he was supposed to. And he sparked the whole thing. That responsible tonight lays at the life tabernacle and other tabernacles and churches in Shreveport, Louisiana. God is shared a taken with a storm. It ain't what you're doing, it's what you're failing to do. Let's do something about it. Let's dig with all of our hearts. That when that day of judgment comes, we can say, God, I did the very best I could, and you know I did. Amen. And we do all we can do. That's all we expected. Notice, when they begin to dig, the judge got to get saved, just throw it out and make big ditches. The next morning, the enemy looked down, the sun caught, and looked like blood. They said, well, they fall on one another, kill each other. And away they went in, and they were ambushed. And he said, this is just the right thing before the law, standing for his water. And they went over into the other land, and they stopped up every well. They cut out every good tree. They just had a real old-fashioned revival. And when it gets to the place, that the people that love God will throw everything they got right into the revival with prayer and with everything else and seek God's faith and pray and, and seek God and call out in the hours of night for mercy.
I'll tell you, we'll stop the mouth of every critic. We'll knock down every formal thing and stand it up. And they'll have to know that God's sitting the tent. That's right. Friends, we'll never do it until that thing takes place. We can't. That's the way of the revival. For thus saith the Lord, said Elijah. Folk in the name of the Lord. And the other night, when I was coming over here a few nights ago, and the Lord met me in the room there, just as vision is same as the sea here at the platform and other places, said, here's what's the matter with the church. They've got so much selfishness everywhere. Did you say this? The church of the living God has got so much differences and so much this and that, so they breathe the Holy Spirit away from them. And that's just exactly what it is. And brothers and sisters, until we humble ourselves and become the lamb so the dove can light on us again and bring joy and peace and satisfaction and a burning desire in our hearts to see others saved and come to God, we are simply fighting the wind. That's all. That is true. No matter how many revivals, the Lord Jesus was standing here at the platform last night and proved to every person present that he was absolutely raised from the dead. Without a shadow of doubt. Tonight, two or three hundred less people than was here last night. What's the matter? The end time is here, brother. That's right. It's here. That's right. Beyond any shadow of doubt, that same action in Germany, Switzerland, Africa, anywhere in the other land, that same thing was took place. There's been a hundred thousand people there. There have been at least twenty or thirty thousand come to Christ, and the next night they've been double that. That's right. What is it? The Holy Spirit flew away from us, and she's gone overseas, hunting lambs to dwell in. That's really exactly what's taking place. What a time! What a tragedy to see that we, the more the church preaches, the more the saints crowd. It seems like the farther away from God the nation gets. No wonder airplanes are crashing in the air, boats are crashing on the sea. The Bible said to be perplexed of time, distressed between the nations, great times, flying saucers through the air, sights of heavens above and on earth below. All these things taking place. But the gospel would be preached. And he said there would come a famine in the land, not the bread and and water, but for the hearing of the word of God, the true word of God, a famine. Oh, what a day that we're living in. We ought to be ready, making ready. Now, what are you speaking to, Brother Brandon? Are you saying that to me? I am saying that to you. If you're unsaved, if you haven't never received Christ, if you don't know what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm speaking to you. If you're a born-again Christian, pray to doing everything that you can. Just remember you can say hallelujah to it. One night while preaching, I thought I'd condemn sin in every way that I could condemn it in. I combed it over and over until I wondered if a congregation would ever come back. And I thought, my, surely that's kind of everything. God, when I meet you there, I can say I've told the truth. And as I went away, there's a lady, a little flippy like, walked up to me and she said, well, preacher, you'll never stop me tonight. Not one thing, not one thing you said ever bothered me. I was all everything. Well, I thought that lady was in pretty good shape. She went flipping all the way like that, strutting down along down. I said, well, praise the Lord. I'm sure glad of that. She went on out. Some elderly ladies were standing there. I said, uh, do you know her? I said, sure. But she's the biggest gossiper that is in town. You were said thing about gossip. Oh. There you are. See? <laughs> oh, my. But remember. Brother, no matter what it is, what little sin there is, let it aside. If I haven't struck it, may the Holy Spirit strike it to your heart tonight. May this unbelief, may this doubt, may this skeptic. If it is, may God lay it to your heart. And we have an old-fashioned revival coming up this coming week. May the Lord grant it. As we bow our heads, go to ask the little sister. She'll come to the piano, the organ, whatever. And give us just a card, if you will, sister dear, while I ask for this altar call. Now, it's early yet tonight, and I want to know that I do have your head bowed while I offer this word of prayer for everyone. Now, Heavenly Father, harshly have I condemned sin. And every way that come on my mind, I will let it go through this microphone. 
Everything that I thought of, if you put in my mind, I'll set it right out. It might have offended some, but at the day of the judgment, I can say I'm innocent. I preached the word just as you gave it. Yes, sir. And now there's no doubt there's just many fine, loving people sitting here, prayed up, filled with the Holy Spirit, no condemnation in their heart, living daily before the Lord, if He should call them, they'd be ready to go. But to do my part, to preach the gospel, to call the colors of the gospel, to show what Christ died for, what it is when it comes to it, then, Lord Jesus, if there's somebody sitting here under condemnation, you're the judge, not I. The word has gone forth, it's the judge. And you are the word. Now, Father, there's someone there who is living just right. And those that you would send Jesus to the earth tonight, they'd be condemned and lost. And I think it's strange, sitting out under this tent in hot weather, to preach the old-fashioned, rough, sin-killing, stirring, not those gloves on, 